The following episode of Approaching Lightspeed contains no major spoilers for the Expanse series. This is part two of a two-part sort of Expanse special that we're doing on the show. So if you're interested in seeing what might happen next on the TV show or simply want a crash course on the Expanse in general, feel free to check out part one. My favorite kinds of stories are the ones that feel bigger than our characters. For everything that Star Wars did right on the writing front, a pretty common complaint with the series as it stands now is that it seems like the problems of an entire galaxy hinge upon the dramas of a few select characters, namely the Skywalker family. And as much as I adore Star Wars, I tend to gravitate towards the series and the tales that have the opposite setup, in which our characters are not necessarily only witness, but are smaller cogs in the vast events that transpire. And I think that's part of the reason why I love The Expanse so much, is because we get to see all of these wild conspiracies and the wars and these history-changing revelations occur through the eyes of many different people who all sort of have their own individual contribution towards it, but the sort of ebb and flow of the world are never contingent upon them, except for in some very extenuating circumstances. That's kind of what I was talking about in part one of our little two-part Expanse Spectacular in which I was saying that I tend to view The Expanse as a history volume or an examination of what the future of human history might look like. Because think of what, you know, actual history looks like. The President of the United States, as powerful as he or perhaps she might be, is not necessarily the, you know, quote, protagonist, unquote, of the world, just in the same way that you or I are not the protagonist of history, but rather only the central figure of our own little experience. And that little experience plays out against the backdrop of the wider world. And that's kind of what we're going to be discussing today, is the individual experiences that certain characters have against the wider world of the Expanse that might not really change it in any substantial way, but are still extremely interesting looks into the world that James S.A. Corey has created. Memories Legion is an anthology collection of all the novellas and short stories that the authors of The Expanse wrote to supplement their universe. They cover a period of time that spans from a century before the beginning of the first book, Leviathan Wakes, to sometime after the events of the final book, Leviathan Falls. As far as the two authors have said, it's going to be the last piece of Expanse-related content they personally put out into the world. And by the way, as a side note, I think there's a lot to be admired in knowing to quit while you're ahead and not letting your your creation be milked dry just for money's sake or nostalgia's sake. There are a lot of creators and companies who can learn from Ty Franks and Daniel Abraham's example on that front. But anyway, all that aside, Memories Legion and 
the stories contained therein are essentially all of the people that are affected by the events of the book rather than the effectors that we follow in the main series. They're essentially snapshots of what ordinary life looks like behind the scenes. Most of them are pretty small-scale stories that tell a very intimate and human story as opposed to the bombastic, world-shattering events of the main series of books. For example, the first book in the series, Leviathan Wakes, it tells the story of the rapidly deteriorating relations between the governments of Earth and Mars, as well as the Belters, and all of it being catalyzed by this behind-closed-door conspiracy that kind of threatens all of them. It's pretty large-scale stuff, and it shakes the foundations of the status quo throughout the entire solar system. But a Memories Legion story might follow, say, a kid that is still in high school thinking about college but is getting embroiled into the drug trade on planet Mars. So if you're familiar with The Expanse or if you've listened to the last episode of Approaching Lightspeed, you know that the Martian government's style of running things is very martial and top-down. They've very effectively convinced the entire population to get on board, whether willingly or unwillingly, with this huge project to terraform the Red Planet in this effort that they're not even going to see the fruits of it for the next century or so. And as you could probably guess, such an airtight society probably doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room for civilians to get engaged with criminal elements and the underworld. So the existence of something like a flourishing drug trade on Mars, not one of their satellites in the belt, but like on the planet itself, that's kind of a big deal. And where the main series will go, like, very in-depth as to the reasons such activity is allowed to exist on the Red Planet in the first place, Memories Legion sort of gives us a look at these events through the eyes of somebody who's not directly involved with them, through the eyes of a person who's probably not going to be getting into a spaceship and fighting wars and saving the solar system or anything, but is just trying to live their life against the backdrop of these crazier events that are unfolding over their heads. Where The Expanse would address sort of the source of the disease and the cure, Memories Legion is an examination of the symptoms. Unique perspectives aren't necessarily the only thing that's on offer in Memories Legion either. We also get to see way more in-depth looks at some of the more oft-neglected locales and vistas in The Expanse. One of these, notably, is Earth, and like Mars, we don't really get to see a ton of Earth throughout the main series. I mean, we certainly get to see way more of it than we do of Mars, but the fact of the matter is, since The Expanse is such a fluid series in which the status quo changes every book and major, major paradigm shifts are introduced all the time, there are very distinct eras and states of being relating to Earth that we just never see. When we visit the planet later on in the series, it's in a very different socio-political situation than it is earlier on in the series. We do get a bit of a snapshot of Earth earlier on, but it's through a lens that's more informed by the upper echelons of government and through 
wealth than it is of the general experience that most people on Earth go through. Because whenever characters talk about Earth, it's always about how messed up it is and how mostly everybody is living in poverty and most people don't even have jobs because there's just simply not enough to go around. And it's just, it's all characterized by this desperate struggle for survival almost. And by the time we get a more extended stay on the planet later on, a lot of those factors aren't really relevant anymore. But then Memories Legion comes along and shows us all of the crazy things that went on on Earth that until now have just been topics of conversation for the characters. We get to see firsthand all the sick and twisted things that were done to and by the people down there, and we get to see them through the familiar eyes of Amos Burton. A single cursory glance at Amos will tell you that he is very much a victim of this super flawed system that's in place on Earth. I mean, the guy's a stone-cold killer, and he most definitely has quite a few screws loose. He's a man who has had his mental health robbed of him by his experiences on Earth. But he's also sort of this avatar of what it takes to survive on Earth, and the novella The Churn is our look at how exactly he accomplished that. We get to follow him and quite a few other characters actually through the streets of Baltimore as they navigate the chaos and the winding turns of gang activity during this overarching military-style crackdown upon the entire city. We get front-row seats to all of the moral compromises and backstabbings and sheer brutal violence that we only ever hear of otherwise. And that's what this anthology is all about. It's sort of a spotlight that shines upon the bedrock that underpins all of the big struggles of The Expanse. And all of these novellas feel so delightfully experimental too, because they all deal with situations and circumstances and solutions that the authors didn't really have much opportunity to explore elsewhere. And of course, short stories and novellas that support a series are nothing new. It's a time-honored tradition within science fiction. For example, you have the stories that supported the Zeely sequence, or Revelation Space, or um, the Sprawl trilogy. And I always find those samplers so interesting, not just because they expand upon the world, and I like paying attention to that sort of thing, but also because it's pretty easy to tell when an author is having fun with things, and these small snippets of their universe are such a great way for them to stretch their world-building muscles, so to speak. We get to see what authors would do outside the constraints of, say, following a single protagonist or confining their stories to a certain time period of their universe. And all this just gives so much more layers to their writing, and The Expanse is no exception. And Memories Legion really just goes the extra mile in making everything feel so much more lived in and as if it's going to continue on with or without our protagonists. The Expanse TV show did something pretty interesting, too. Rather than ignoring all of these novellas, as might have been the temptation, they actually went through pretty great lengths to incorporate them into the main story of the show. For example, there's an episode that's sort of interspliced with flashbacks relating to Solomon Epstein, who was this Martian engineer a century before the events of the first book, who was responsible for the creation of the Epstein Drive, which is sort of the 
super fast, but not quite as fast as light speed engine that the people of the Expanse use to get around. There are pretty substantial portions of the episode that are dedicated to us accompanying Solomon in his space yacht, which he's using to test out this new drive that he's built. But in Memories Legion, we get to see so much more than simply his doomed joyride. We get to see his relationship with his wife and his friends and sort of the tensions that are building between Earth and Mars during the days when Mars is still under Earth's sway. The same can be said about the novellas that go into the personal histories of Amos Burton and Fred Johnson. In the show, we get brief looks at these events, or are told of them in passing, but in Memories Legion, we get to see them firsthand. And while I understand why a lot of this material was cut from the show, mainly budget and pacing concerns, people who have only ever seen the show are really missing out on some super visceral and interesting storytelling. There's a pretty big elephant in the room here, though, and that is that The Expanse is a nine-book series. It is a colossal number of pages to leaf through. Each book is over 500 pages long, and even if you read one book per month, that's still a almost a year of reading nothing but The Expanse. It is a daunting task for most people to get through a series like that. But if you do decide to take it on, and you just want to get completely and totally lost in a new science fiction universe, I can't recommend reading chronological order enough. Most people say to read things in publication order, and in this case, that might even work for a lot of people. But if you really just want maximum immersion, chronological order is the way to go. Because getting the context that comes from, for example, the three stories leading up to Leviathan Wakes, those being Drive, The Churn, and The Butcher of Anderson Station, before seeing everything get turned on its head in the novel, it just, it feels that much more rewarding. And you care that much more about the world that's just being changed irrevocably forever. And that effect is only multiplied as you continue your way through these books. Some of these stories are better than others. I mean, each and every one of them is great science fiction, but we all have our tastes, and I am most definitely not an exception. But I think you'll find that including Memories Legion in your read of The Expanse would just make the experience that much richer. Even if one or two of these stories doesn't necessarily knock it out of the park for you, I think you'll just find that everything seems that much more fleshed out for having included them. Because it's ultimately these stories and the different characters and facets of the Expanse's universe that we see through them that give us a nice rock-solid context behind everything else that happens in the series. It's these lives and billions of others just like them that the main characters of the books are ultimately fighting for, whether that be with bullets or words or emotional labor. And when the end game finally descends and we find ourselves having to say goodbye to Earth, Mars, and the belt and the expanses between and beyond them one final time, it'll be these slices of life that give us just a few more fond goodbyes to say on the way out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your support, as always, is just greatly appreciated. 
I think this is going to do it for me as far as The Expanse goes, at least for the near future, because <laughs> this is a science fiction podcast and not an Expanse podcast. I mean, I could talk about this series all day. Speaking of which... Releasing alongside this episode is a nice hour and a half long conversation I had with my friend John Hayes about the final book in the series, Leviathan Falls. If you're completely caught up on the series and you want to hear a couple guys give their insights on what they thought about the ending, hop on over to episode 4.5 and give it a look. Like always, the music that bookends each podcast episode and the beautiful artwork that does most of my marketing for me was made by Alex Shamas, and you can find him on social medias or his website under the name Shamanist. I have a few episodes in sort of simultaneous production at the moment. I'm not sure which one I want to release next, and you're going to have to stick around to find out which one it is. But rest assured, they're all pretty mind-boggling stuff. I hope to see you there when I put them out. But until then, I hope you stay safe and I hope you have a lovely rest of the day. Farewell.